1: Welcome to E-commerce Conversations by Practical E-commerce. I'm Carrie Murdoch. There are more consumers that don't speak English than those that do. And how to reach those non-English speaking prospects is our topic today. Merely translating a website is only part of the challenge, and to help us understand all of the issues surrounding language translation of an e-commerce site, We are joined by Swami Viswanathan, Vice President for Language Weaver, a translation company. Well, Swami, thank you for your time today. Thank you. Swami, should e-commerce merchants, smaller e-commerce merchants, should they invest the time and money to translate their sites into other languages?
0: Yes, most certainly they should there's a lot of online commerce and there's a lot of different merchants that are, that are there, there online, consequently making the content available to their site visitors in the language of the visitor is one, one way in which merchants can distinguish themselves from their competition and all research shows that visitors to a site are much more likely to become buyers when the content and the products and the communications are all presented in the language that is native to them.
1: So, the main benefit of translating is just to make it more comfortable for the consumer, versus SEO benefits, for example.
0: Well, I think that it actually goes goes both ways. It's not when the content is much more accessible to the consumer; it results in. Uh, higher click through rate or a higher purchase rate so there's benefit directly that the retailer gains by making this content available in the la- in the native language of the visitor to the site from an SEO standpoint there's significant benefit as well because this content is now natively findable the search engines crawl the site and uh, people that are Uh, able to, that people are able to do the searches in their own language and gain access to this content.
1: Let's say a site, if a site is translated, say, to benefit a Chinese-speaking consumer, should the currency also, can you translate a site for a Chinese, in that example, a Chinese-speaking consumer without also translating the currency?
0: Well, this is an interesting point you you, you bring up. Uh, And it's really important for people to understand the difference between translation and localization. So currency is one of those factors that goes into localization. So for example, if a retailer decided that they were going to start their operations in addressing customers in China, then of course they really do need to make sure that The prices and other uh, uh, prices are displayed in the local currency of uh, China. Um, But then it doesn't stop there. You do have to make sure that descriptions are such that they are more easy for people in China then to understand. For example, we may use certain colloquialisms that may not actually translate properly into the local language because they're actually based on cultural nuances. So that's really all part of an overall localization strategy. I would suggest that for most merchants that are uh, currently focused on an audience in North America, the easiest thing to do is to focus on translation to address ethnic audiences that actually exist within North America itself. So issues around currency do not have to be factored in. Issues around culture do not have to be factored in because these same people live obviously exactly where we do and they are exposed to the same culture that we are exposed to. So it makes the job of translation much easier, but it also makes sure that these retailers can now reach out to a much broader um, audience than they otherwise could have reached.
1: That's interesting observation. Do you have languages that you would recommend for a North American-based merchant who would do just what you're suggesting, translating for a non-English-speaking North American resident? Do you have languages that you would recommend that they look at translating into?
0: Yes. Uh, Spanish is actually the most obvious of these languages. There's a very large immigrant community in the U.S that has a lot of purchasing power, It's very frequent for first-generation Spanish immigrants to not be that fluent in English, but, you know, they're consumers just like you and me, and uh, it's uh, it's a good thing if uh, content can be made uh, accessible to them. Also, uh, French is another language to consider. Uh, There's the province of Quebec, where French is a language that is... Mandatory and uh, having content uh, accessible to the residents of Quebec and French would uh, certainly improve uh, retailers' chances of actually reaching uh, reaching folks there. Other immigrant communities that uh, that that are, that have a significant uh, presence in North America include Chinese, Tagalog, the language spoken in the Philippines, and Vietnamese.
1: Do you have statistics on each of those languages? the demographic of those lang- languages are are speakers of those languages relatively more or less web-savvy or web-literate than others.
0: I do not have uh, very specific uh, statistics on, on all of these, but in general, if you were to look uh, at the Pew Internet Research, Pew Internet Research statistics show that whether the first generation is – Um, web savvy or not, all of their children are. So there's no question that that's an easy way to actually reach across
1: across the board. Mm. Tell us, Swami, uh, for purposes of our listeners who are mainly e-commerce merchants, of course, tell us what parts of an e-commerce site can be perhaps machine translated and what parts can be human should be human translated, or either or. How should a merchant look at this and guess? I guess I'm getting at how much money to spend. I'm assuming it costs more money to to human translate a, a site than a machine translation.
0: Well, that's a really uh, good 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 point that you bring up. Any website, for that matter, has. Uh, content that you can kind of loosely divide into two parts. There's content where the intent of the content is to convey nuance, and uh, things like um, advertising copy is a great example of content that is intended to influence the, uh, human behavior. So it does need to convey nuance. There's other parts of a site, such as a review of a product or a shipping address, those are just intended to convey fact. There's, there's really not uh, any nuance in a shipping address or a shipping policy, or uh, really even in a even in a review. Um, those are the types of content that can be automatically uh, translated. Versus those pieces of content that are intended to influence human behavior, they really do need to be translated by a human. Another piece of content that should really be always uh, human translated is anything that has legal implications.
1: Is there a rule of thumb for smaller, or for any site really, uh, our listeners are are mainly smaller e-commerce merchants, is there a rule of thumb for how much money they should look at spending or that they will spend to translate a site under the rules and recommendations that you've just suggested?
0: Typically, human translation is priced on a per-word basis. So if you were to look at professional translators that are capable of conveying nuance and influencing uh, behaviors, depending on the language, the price is going to vary between 10 cents and 25 cents a word. So it's probably somewhere in the range of around 20 cents a word. So it's not cheap. Uh, But on the other hand, If you focus it uh, at those specific parts of the site where you can get sort of the most bang for the buck, like a description of a product or advertising copy or the legal documents, then that's a very good use of money. There's other parts of the site, such as reviews, where the content may be created on a frequent basis, so there's a large volume of content and it's created at a pace that doesn't lend itself to human translation. Those are good candidates for um, automatic translation, and uh, typically those, uh, those would cost between uh, probably in the range of around $10,000 to $20,000 per year for a medium-sized uh, retailer.
1: Let me change directions on you, Swami, just for a sec, and it involves translating, translating a site for, for residents that live outside of North America. And we've we've addressed that some here, and it seems to us like these are the issues that perhaps merchants should be thinking about. To translate a site for a North American-based merchant to translate a site into, say, a Chinese-speaking consumer, to continue the earlier example, uh, a, a, cons- uh-huh. a consumer that lives in China, <laughs> that is only part of the equation and to start down the path to translate to go after that consumer the consumer living in China under this example the merchant also needs to address other issues such as shipping such as fraud management such as order management such as returns etc so it's not uh-huh. it's it's a it's a limited thing to suggest only translating without recommending to merchants that they look at the full scope of of the issues involved with doing business in another country. How do you address that?
0: No, you're absolutely you're absolutely correct. There's a you know translation should always be viewed in the in the context of a retailer's business strategy. So really the the business strategy is what needs to come first. And the retailer does need to ask themselves a basic question um, that, if they decide to do business in a certain geography, what is their their business plan for uh, such such an activity and it really has to cover everything from the uh, import export licenses to whether the products that they are going to be selling are actually out or not, for example, you know certain dvD players as you well as you might well know are uh, restricted by region uh, there's uh, uh, other other products that have you know electric uh, voltage uh, the you know, differences from one place to another. Mm-hmm. There is certain other, still other products that are actually where the manufacturer says should not be sold outside a certain geography. So there's all of these these different issues that have to do with product. There's import export requirements between countries. There's a there's a whole bunch of uh, paperwork that actually shows up in terms of. Legal and regulatory filings that actually need to be done. So, translation and localization is only one small aspect of the overall retail strategy that needs to be thought through.
1: Changing gears again, your company is Language Weaver, languageweaver.com. Tell us a little bit about your company, what services you provide.
0: Language Weaver is based in Los Angeles and was founded by. Uh, to a professor from the University of uh, Southern California. There's a couple of different ways in which automated translation works for for years and years. Um, Automated translation was based on the principle of defining grammar, and that's how it worked for a long time. Um, Our founders actually invented the method of statistical uh, translation, whereby uh, the system learns By reading other human translations. So it doesn't actually need to be taught the grammar of a language, but it actually learns by observation. This forms the core of our products and services that we offer. Language Weaver has a full suite of products that are widely used by many government agencies as well as many large commercial brand names. The products are used in everything from intelligence applications to Um, customer support across uh, businesses and the
1: enterprise. We have just a a moment left, Swami. Anything else on your mind for our readers who, of course, are e-commerce merchants?
0: Yeah, so one last uh, statement that I'd perhaps like to uh, leave everyone with is um, our CEO of the company always likes to make this statement that uh, no one really wants to translate, but um, everyone wants to communicate. And uh, I think that's, uh, that's, a, that's a very uh, nice statement because it says, uh, it says a lot of things. So It says that you know, if retailers keep this in mind, then ultimately uh, the, you really just ask yourself the question of what the point of the translation is. What is it that you're actually trying to communicate? If you were to ask yourself that question, then you would be able to design the work plan really around what you're trying to achieve and measure everything appropriately from that perspective.
1: Okay. Well, for purposes of our listeners, we've been visiting with Swami Viswanathan. Swami is Vice President Products for Language Weaver, a language translation service, as Swami has just described to us. That site is languageweaver.com. And Swami Viswanathan, we want to thank you for your time today, sir.
0: Thank you very much for having me.
1: That's all the time we have for this week's e-commerce conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. Please tune in next week for another new episode.